0: at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy the episode. Book of Jeremiah, as you turn there, remember we've been
1: through uh, much of uh, overviewing each book of the Bible, and you think back to when we started in the books of poetry, uh, in Job, uh, the focus on suffering, yes, man's suffering, and the sovereignty of God, God's rule over all those things. In the Psalms, worship and praise, and our duty to worship and praise our wonderful God. In Proverbs, looking at the wisdom, the understanding that comes from the Lord. Ecclesiastes, the vanity and vexation of life lived apart from the wisdom that God calls us to walk in. Uh, the Song of Solomon who understood the beautiful picture of marital love, what God has designed. And then we got to Isaiah last week, and really a message of judgment, yet of hope. And we're again going to look at that, that concept where God is bringing chastening to His people, but there's always hope. And so, as we've been through these sections of the Bible, we, we're into the major prophets as we've uh, as we've gone through the Pentateuch, the Law, which is on Genesis through Deuteronomy. We've looked at the history of Israel, Joshua through Esther, including First uh, and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles. Much of the history. Of the prophets, the, on the major prophets and the minor prophets, uh, they dovetail with the messages that are found in First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, and First and Second Chronicles. And uh, you can go back on our website and you can look uh, look up those messages to get up to speed if you've missed them. In the wisdom books, we've seen Job through the Song of Solomon, and just catching the wisdom of the Lord. And then we're in the uh, the major prophets. So this is where we are. In, the, uh, in the, uh, the timeline of the Old Testament, uh, and so we have about one more week inside of the major prophets before we get to the minor prophets, all those little books that are uh, given to us and powerful messages within them. Now, you're at Jeremiah. We'll get there in a moment, but I want to remind you of this verse, Psalm 100 and verse number 5. For the Lord is good, and God's people say? Amen. All the time. Amen. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth to all generations. And his truth to all generations. Let's say that together. And his truth to all generations. John Owens said this, The Bible was not given for the use of one age or season only, but for all generations, for a guide in faith and obedience from the beginning of the world to the end of it. Just remember this, that the book that you hold in your hands and have opened tonight is a book for all generations. It is, is God's truth, the revelation of himself to every generation. And as we thought, even as we began uh, Mission Weeks, we had Brother Fielder here and the desire to give the Bible in languages that do not yet have the Bible to people groups that do not yet have the Bible. And we continue to pray for the Mahdi Project that's, uh, uh, that has, we have the portion of Mark that's in the frame outside of the office there. We continue to pray and we continue to support. When you give to missions, you're supporting that uh, project in specific, and uh, you're, you're supporting uh, f- things like the fielders and their ministry of worldview ministries. But we think about getting the Bible to groups like this. It's, it's for every group. God wants his word to every generation. We have an obligation to do that. Back in 1970, there was a, a group of people in Papua New Guinea that were uh, nearly going as, as extinct. The, the uh, people. Uh, they were just uh, had dwindled down to a group of about 111 people uh, from about uh, 3,000 people. All sorts of disease, uh, disease had run through them, but this was a people group that did not yet have the Bible. And there was a a, a set of missionaries, a a husband and wife that really focused in on this, Jesse and, uh, uh, Jesse and Jenny Oakes, and they went to uh, Papua New Guinea and they began to work with these people. They chose the smallest. Uh, of people groups uh, where they could just share God's love and God's care to them. And they began to work on uh, getting to know them, getting to know their language, and really working on giving them a Bible. And it was interesting, as they began to work on putting the Bible in their language, uh, one of their helpers, as they got to the book of Matthew, was interesting. One of their helpers got very excited because they began in that first chapter of Matthew, and they're going through those first 17 verses where uh, there's all that genealogy. The genealogy that we typically say, oh man, this is dry and boring, but it's the genealogy from Jesus to Abraham. And this helper got so very excited, he said, we must gather all the leaders together and read this to them tonight. Now you think, what is so exciting about the genealogies in Matthew? And so they gathered them all around. They, they looked on the piece of paper. They, they began, uh, you know, first with a little bit of fright. They were looking at this and uh, and. and Uh, One of the leaders said this, why didn't you share this with us before? No one bothers to write down the ancestors of the spirit beings. They went on, it's only real people who record their genealogies. Jesus must be a real person. Jesus must have been a real man on earth. He's not just a white man's magic. Then uh, what the missionary uh, taught us must be real. And they got all that from the genealogy. And the power of the word of God you know, when we're looking at these different parts of Scripture tonight, Jeremiah and Lamentations, these are real passages of Scripture talking about a real God who really wants to connect with us. This is a revelation of God to us. It's not just about what happened to Israel years and years ago. Some people bypass the Old Testament and say, oh, that's just the Old Testament. No, this, this has real bearing on our lives right now, and I, I want us to catch even that tonight as we think about the book of Jeremiah. God has a message for us in this book. He had a message for his people in this book. In fact, the focus of Jeremiah was enduring hope in the midst of judgment. You realize that Jeremiah was called by God on the, on the, right on the edge of the, the destruction of Jerusalem to prophesy to a nation that was wayward and away from God. You think about this, this, this message of hope. I'm going to help us to jump ahead for a moment. Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, Jehovah the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. Notice that they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. So, there's been some unfaithfulness. I'm going to make a new covenant, verse thirty-three, and this shall be my covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, the Lord saith, the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their heart, and they will be uh, and and will be their God, and they shall be my people, and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me, for I'm the least of them. Unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Jeremiah 31, 31. And you think, this is written to a people that is right on the edge of God saying, it's done. I'm going to allow your land, your, your city, your nation to be destroyed in five years. 86 BC and so Jeremiah has this opportunity to come to them say yes judgment is coming it's real you you have offended a holy God God must judge sin but there is hope and that is a message a dominating message all the way through the book of Jeremiah and Jeremiah had this opportunity to preach this I want to give a little bio on Jeremiah Jeremiah was a son of a priest uh, so he, he came from a family that had really been dedicated to uh, communicating God's truth and, and, the, and the work of the Lord. He's often called, and maybe you can tell me, the weeping prophet. He was a lonely man. He did not have a, a band of friends that followed him around and said, hey, let's help Jeremiah out in the ministry. He was a lonely man. He was a weeping prophet. He wept. His heart was broken. Now, interesting, he was also a single man. Did you know that? Jeremiah 16 and verse number two, the Bible tells us, God told him not to marry. So he was a single man. And so he was a man that truly did not have even the companionship of an earthly spouse as he went into the ministry. He was reached by God. Uh, He received the call of God probably about the age of 20 years of age. And he preached, he began his ministry under King Josiah. And uh, and he preached God's message for about forty years, from six twenty seven BC to five eighty two BC. And uh, so he would have overlapped as they went into uh, into God's judgment, and then he prophesied to the people of Judah. So remember that was the 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 southern kingdom. If you guys can give me that map, that was a southern kingdom. So remember after after Solomon, the 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 kingdom of Israel divided into two kingdoms: northern kingdom, ten tribes and then Judah in the southern kingdom. So Jeremiah's ministry was based out of Jerusalem to the southern kingdom, to those southern uh, two tribes. And so that was his ministry. And he is called one of the major prophets. It's one of the larger, uh, larger books in the, uh, in, the, in the prophets. And so he is one of the major prophets, one of the key prophets, anchor prophets, if you will. And it's interesting that the Jeremiah, uh, the book is really a combination of God's message and then as well, uh, Jeremiah's response to that message, his emotional response to that message. So as you think about that, uh, every one of us have the opportunity to receive God's message here tonight, and we have that message to give. But Jeremiah was not unfazed by that message. And even as we we've thought tonight and, and thinking about family members who need to receive the Lord, there is, there is an emotional response to that. And uh, as we think of the coming judgment of God, even upon our own nation, but the greater judgment of hell to, um, that waits anyone who has not yet received Jesus Christ, there ought to be an emotional response to that. And uh, God forgive us for not allowing that to touch our hearts. And how many of us, how many times do we get so just caught up with our days and with the next thing that we, we see uh, the next career move or the next need in front of us as as a greater concern than, than God's message, what God is doing in the world. Friends, you know, I don't know how uncomfortable we will get, but our greatest concern needs to be God's message, and that ought to affect our hearts. It ought to affect our hearts like it did Jeremiah's. And so we're gonna, we are gonna see in, in the book of Jeremiah, really, a real human, a real preacher, who was affected by what God was giving him to give to people. He was affected by that. The gospel should not just be something you know, we handle without, without effect. We, we share it out of broken hearts. Uh, think about Jesus when he looked over Jerusalem. Uh, he wept over them. He was moved, the Bible says, he's moved with compassion. It just welled up within him, why? Because he saw a people at, like sheep without a shepherd. Is that not true of today? Now, there's, there's some wolves that might be guiding, guiding people, you understand, the greatest being Satan himself, but there is such a sense of people just being scattered and just beat up by life. They're beat up by life. Do you feel that personally, just beat up by life? There's just so much pressure and so much turmoil and um, so many sicknesses that seem to be just creeping out of every which way. And uh, the wars, the rumors of wars and the, 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 the struggle of all that. And Jeremiah had a, just a real response, a raw emotion, sorrow and frustration to all of that was going on. Now let's break down the book of Jeremiah into three sections. Chapter number one uh, really is just God's plan for Jeremiah. Uh, here's what I want from you. So as you look at Jeremiah chapter number one and verse number five, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Uh, you're wondering about a good, uh, good verse uh, that just reminds us that, that even within the womb, a child is a child and a creation of God, here's a good verse: "Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee." And uh, when we think about how our, our world is so against the sanctity of life, and you know, it's not a child till it comes out and, and so on uh, no, God God says, "I knew thee." Isn't that a comforting thought that God knew you before he even formed you in the belly? And then an amazing thing, he, he knows you. Now, what's also interesting here before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. What is that? I set you apart. I have a call, I have a purpose for your life. You can legitimately say to any living person that they have a purpose, a, a God designed purpose for the life. Uh, and, and Jeremiah did. I have ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Notice that, unto the nations. Not just to Jerusalem, but unto the nations. Then I said, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak. Sounds like Moses' excuse. For I am a child. He actually wasn't, but he, he, he must have felt that way. I'm, I'm naive or whatever. In verse number seven, but the Lord said unto me, say not that I am a child, thou shalt, for thou shalt go forth and go to all that I shall send thee, and whomsoever I, I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, with, uh, saith the Lord. And so he's just told by, by God, listen, I have a purpose. I have a place for you to go. I'm gonna send you. Don't say that you're, you're too young, that you, you can't do this, that you don't have the words to say it. Go, don't even be afraid of their faces. Now, sometimes when we think about the world that is against Jesus Christ, we might be afraid of their faces. But God had a plan for Jeremiah. go. Don't, don't look at their faces. Don't look at their responses, the idea. Just go. Go communicate the word. And so that was God's plan for Jeremiah. And you can, you can follow on down through there. But his plan was Jeremiah was going to be a mouthpiece for a deity, for God himself, uh, to, on Judah and to the nations. Chapter 2 through 45, God's plan for Judah. What was God going to do there in and Judah. Well, Jeremiah was to go there. He was to preach about their willful sin against holy God. He was to communicate that to them. He was to announce the chastening hand of God in chapters 2 through 22, and the calling them to repentance. So there's a lot of detail that goes on through that. There's a lot of detail in those chapters of all that happening, calling out their sin Announcing the judgment of God, the chastening hand of God, but also calling them to repentance. So, all that is happening there. And I love how it brings us to chapter 23. Jeremiah declares the coming of the Messiah. What is the answer to our problems? The Messiah. What's the answer to our sin? What's our greatest need in life? The Messiah. And even in the in the prophets, God is revealing the Messiah. And so chapter 23 and verse 5, "...behold the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto, uh, unto David a righteous branch," notice that being capitalized, "...and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment." and justice in the earth. In his days, Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is the name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. A righteous branch shall be raised up. That's Jesus Christ. And so even in the midst of a message of sin and judgment, by the way, that is our message. You're a sinner before a holy God, before a holy loving God. Judgment is coming. Hell is prepared for the devil and his angels and all those that follow after. But there's a savior who came and died in your place. Isn't that interesting? The gospel's right there inside of of Jeremiah. Just right there. It's it's laid out long, but it's right there. And and that's that's our message. And then a little bit later on, Jeremiah in chapter 29 sends a letter to the Jews. And this is interesting. Turn there. You gotta turn there. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 29. So in verse number one, there's a letter that's written, uh, and these are now, they're in captivity, and so this letter is being written to them uh, about God's plan for them. This is really amazing, because he's already announced the Messiah is gonna come someday, and so there was hope, and they could place faith in the, in the, in the coming of the Messiah, in the, the, on the, the Messiah future. They, they still need to place faith. There's no difference in how a person uh, became a child of God. There's no difference. It was still faith in Jesus Christ, the future, the future Messiah. So there's no difference. The Old Testament uh, saints or the Old Testament uh, folks still came to God the same same way, faith in that that future. That's what the the picture of all the sacrifices was is, is faith in that coming Messiah, the one final sacrifice. So here's this letter here in in chapter 29, and I, I to shorten our time, I just want I want to get to the point here in verse number four. Thus saith the Lord of hosts the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captive whom I have caused to be carried away, ca- away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. So there's the judgment. So God is announcing a word to these that he has chastened. He's given a whooping. Okay? And he, he, he has something for them to hear. And so in verse number five it says, build ye houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat the fruit of them, Take ye wives, beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there and not diminished. And seek ye the peace of the city, whither I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord Jehovah for it. Pray for the peace of that. So they are in a foreign land. God say, basically, build houses, have families, Seek the peace of the city you're in. They're not to adopt the ways of that city, but you know, seek the Lord. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the Lord God, verse number eight, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your, your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which ye have caused to be dreamed, for they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you in causing you to return to this place, to Judah. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart and I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I've driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Do you notice all those I wills in there? What a message of hope. You know, and sense, God's saying you know, you're here because you messed up, but here's what I'm going to do. And there's an end to all this. You're going to turn back to me. You're going to seek me. You're going to find me. You're going to find me. And you know that's what, exactly what God's done to all of creation. Hey, you messed up. You're a sinner. Before a holy God, but I have a message of hope for you. There is a, is a substitute that has died in your place, and you, you turn to him. You call unto me, and I will answer you. you uh, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And there's just this message of hope, but specifically to Israel, there's a wonderful message of hope. There's an end to this captivity. That's still our same God that we serve today, don't you? You get yourselves in messes sometimes. You make mistakes. You feel like you're on the outs with God. You know, this is the same God we get and we get to serve. What an amazing God. I praise his name. And, and maybe you're coming back to, you know, maybe you're coming back to him, or you 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 still look back in guilt in those times. Thank God he's merciful and is the God of the third and fourth and fifth chance. And if he can do it, if he can bring Israel back, goodness. He can bring us back. And so Jeremiah uh, gives a a message of hope in chapters 30 through 33 and really talks about how that in the future, God is gonna uh, begin working with Israel again after the tribulation. He's gonna restore Israel. And that's yet a future promise that's to come. Israel's a mess. Even right now, Israel's a mess. I just heard on Monday night how Israel's really, uh, uh, really, there's a loss of freedom in Israel. It's a very sad thing what's going on right now in Israel. Uh, such a loss of freedom. You can you can hardly move a, a, about without uh, without being mandated mandated in a in a certain way. It, it, there's a there's a loss. It's kind of a almost history repeating itself in in a, in a very s- a scary way. But there is going to be a restoration to Israel that is yet coming. At the hand of the Messiah when he comes in the clouds um, the second time and he sets up his rule and that that's what Jeremiah is saying there's there's a there's yet a day coming and in 1948 God brought him back into the land and established him and you know what I'm thankful that America was uh, the first nation that that acknowledged the Jewish state and them as a nation. I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful that on today, one year ago, that the Abrahamic Accords were signed a year ago today. I'm thankful that America stood by and said, we're an ally of Israel and we're against. And you know that's still biblical. Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 1 uh, and, uh, through 3, it's still biblical that we would bless Israel. It's right to bless Israel. And uh, though the world, those that are against God, hate Israel. It's right for us to stand by Israel. We don't condone uh, sin. We don't condone them being away from God. I don't condone their disbelief in God, but God, they're still God's chosen people. It is right for us to, to stand up uh, for them and with them. There's, there's good days coming for Israel. There's good days coming for Israel. And though the judgment of God, and even in the tribulation, will be focused on Israel, there are good days coming. But chapter 46 through 52 God's plan for the nations, not just Judah, but God's plan for the nations. We have all these burdens. If you've ever read through there, there's all these burdens. The burden to Egypt, the burden to the Philistines, the burden of, of Moab and Amnon and, uh, and, uh, and Edom and Damascus and Arabia and Elam and Babylon, all these burdens. What is, what is God saying? I have a message for the nations. It's not just for a specific group of people. It's not just for my people. God is burdened for all the nations. He has a word to all the nations. Why did he tell us to go into all the world and preach the gospel? And even right here, he's sending on Jeremiah to all the nations. There's a burden that's written down here. And when we're talking about a burden, that weight, this message from the Lord that needs to be delivered. And sometimes preachers talk this way. I have a, I have a burden on my heart. And though we don't, we don't speak in the way of speaking for the Lord or for his word, we have the word but oftentimes right from the word we have a burden on our heart for God's people. And so really the takeaway that we can just grab from Jeremiah is God will always judge sin, whether it's the sin in his own people, within the church, within Israel, or the sin in the nations. God will always judge sin, but there's always hope. There's always hope in the midst of judgment. We serve and uh, we acknowledge the fact that the God of heaven, the God of the Bible, is a hopeful God. He is. And uh, he gives hope. And so uh, that's an important thing. I believe that we can just take about uh, a few moments here and, uh, and look at Lamentations and cover this on just in, in about uh, five minutes uh, tonight. And so let's look at this. Lamentation. Lamentation, the focus is mourning of sin. The mourning of sin. Uh, you know, as we come out of Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah wrote Lamentations as well. And so what was he seeing? He's looking around at Israel and he sees all the sin and this problem. And so he mourns at each chapter in this book is a poem. So the, uh, the, the book consists of about five poems. And, and it's interesting, uh, the, the first four chapters are, are written in alliteration according to the Hebrew el- alphabet. So it's kind of a, a, a very thoughtful uh, pouring out of the heart from Jeremiah about the, the sin that he sees in his own, own nation. And there's almost like a, a limping meter that is given in these poems, according to Ryrie, a cadence a cadence that is similar to a funeral dirge so it's a very mournful book there's some beautiful verses in this book but it's a very mournful book as he looks at the sin of his nation so the sections of lamentations chapter number 1 is really a mourning for Jerusalem and so he prays out as he sees in 586 as he sees the destruction that has come to Jerusalem they're brought into captivity in Babylon, and so he's just deeply mourning the sin of his own nation, the rebellion that has led him to this point. They've not listened to the word of the Lord, and so as, as he lays this all out, it's really this, this, this outflow of a man who is just confused as he looks at a people of God that have sinned against him, and as he's seen all this judgment come against him, he's trying to make sense of all the chastening and judgment that's coming at the hand of God. So he's mourning He's mourning. In uh, Lamentations 1, verse 1, how does the city sit solitary and full of people? How is it she uh, become um, be, uh, come as a widow? She was great among the nations and, prin- uh, princess, and princess among the, the provinces. And how has she become a tributary? You know what? Even as I read that tonight, how is such a great nation as the United States? I know we're not, we're not the replacement of Israel, and that's not my point. Um, but how is how is it that we're seeing what's happening in our and in our country? Doesn't it grieve your heart? Doesn't it grieve your heart to see what, what what's going on? And it's an amazing. But Jeremiah had that in his heart. Just think, here's a prophet who is watching. Um, he's watching his nation, his countrymen, be carried off into captivity. Um, even now, even in the past couple of years. More and more of our businesses in our country have been bought out by China. And so it's not that we're being carried off to China, right? China is just buying us up. It, it, it's, it's a captivity of a different sort. But I, I want you to have in your mind, understand in your mind, what Jeremiah is seeing. He is mourning this. How is it that Israel was so great among the nations? and was, the, it was a, a leader among the nations, and is now being carried off to Babylon. Wow. Can you imagine the mourning? He's weeping over that. You know, it's all right for us to be sad about what's going on in our nation. It's not anti-Christian to be sad about this. It's not like we have to, you know, come into church and, you know, put that aside, because that's, that's what we do as an American. But No, no, no. It's sad to see the hand of judgment upon our nation as we've turned our back against God and as some of these things are transpiring. It's very, very sad. And so. He's crying out, and he's mourning for Jerusalem. Verse number 20, behold, O Lord, for I am in distress. My bowels are troubled. My heart is turned within me, for I, now notice, I have grievously sinned. So in, in the first several verses, he's crying out, God, this is what's going on in Jerusalem. In verse number 20, he says, I have grievously sinned. Abroad, uh, from, uh, the sword bereaved at home, there is death. I have grievously rebelled against you. And you know what? He's not just crying out for the sin of his nation, but he's crying out for the sin of his own heart. And that's something that we cannot miss. So that's going on in chapter number one. Chapter number two, God's wrath over that sin. God's wrath outpoured against that sin. And he's crying out about that. In fact, lamentations means crying out loud. And so he's crying this out. Chapter number three, there's hope in God's faithfulness. Some of the most beautiful verses are found in chapter number three. And he goes this in verse 21, this I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore I will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him, it is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful verses as he prays out of a heart that's mourning. And you can read the rest of chapter three. There's many other good verses in there, but he has hope in the Lord, hope in God's faithfulness. God isn't changing. The same God that says, yes, I must judge sin is also the same God that says, I'm gonna bring you to an expected end. I'm gonna bring you to an expected end. Chapter number four, God's justice is fulfilled. The last verse in that chapter, the punishment of thine iniquity is accomplished. Aren't you thankful there's an end to God's punishment? Aren't you thankful that there was a time when Jesus on the cross says, it is finished, and that the full payment of sin was uh, taken care of? Aren't you thankful even now, when you stray from the Lord, there's an end to his chastening? There's an end to his chastening. It doesn't go on forever. And he's not angry against us forever. And he doesn't chasten us forever. And so chapter number four, God's justice is fulfilled. Chapter number five, Jeremiah's prayer for restoration. Turn us, verse 21, turn us unto thee, O Lord, and we shall be turned. Renew our days as of old. Bring us back, Lord, to yourself. Turn us. You know what? That's a prayer we need to pray for the church. That's what we ought to pray for Grace Baptist Church. What happened in, in our assembly on Sunday? Ought, we ought to continue to pray. God, uh, turn our hearts towards you. There was a good. There was a spirit of God. We we need you, we need you, um, and and it was evident, and we see God working. It needs to be a continued prayer for our church family. God, turn us back to you, turn our hearts. May your purposes, your your reason for our existence, be our Just our total focus. May may you fill all of our vision. And so turn us, oh Lord. And so give I want to give you this takeaway. God has placed us in this time and place. Uh, He has placed us in this city, this community, this time in in history. He's placed us here. It does us no good to wish we were, you know, we were at the the prime of our life in 1950. Maybe some of you were. But you know what? You know, it does us no good. To think, boy, you know, we long for the good. God has placed us right here. He knows your lifespan, you know, on the timeline of history, He knows where you are. And as we look around us, I think we should take a cue from the overview of Lamentations. We should mourn for the sin of our nation, like, like Jeremiah did, like Isaiah did. We should mourn. And as you listen to the news, don't, don't complain more. Turn to God. God, I, I'm, I am saddened by this. I'm saddened by the deception behind the scenes. I'm saddened by the crookedness that's going on behind closed doors and the phone calls that are being made that are very crooked and, and, and wrong. I, I'm saddened by that. I'm saddened that we're still killing babies on Stroop Road. I'm saddened that in, in the time of abortion in our country, over 62 million babies have been, been, been killed. I'm sad. I mourn for that. I, I'm saddened. I, I'm saddened that we have, have people who go and represent us in, in, in Ohio, up in the capital, who care nothing about representing the people but only lining their own bank accounts. I'm saddened for the greed that's going on up there. And, and we mourn the sin, but then don't miss mourning the sin of God's people, churches that have not been engaged in lifting up the truth. And we've been content to sit inside of four walls, but not bring it out there. I'm saddened, Lord. I'm, I mourn this. I mourn it personally. But don't miss mourning our own sin. And if it's, been, if it's been a long while since you've had to confess something to God, I dare say, listen to me carefully, I dare say that, that we practically believe in sinless perfection. We don't. But if, if we have gotten to the point where we just don't confess sin back to God, are we truly saying that we are without sin? Jeremiah realized, I, I'm a sinner. I have grievously, not just rebelled, I've grievously rebelled. My heart's stubborn like your heart is stubborn. <laughs> and we have to be right with God. We have to be right with God. So, uh, and all that, do you know what? All that brings us around to the hopeful hand of God. And uh, if you could draw a picture of, of you and God together, what would that picture look like? I sure hope it would be a, a father with his arms outstretched and wrapped around you as he embraces you again as you've come back to him. You know, something like that not a God that's about ready to throw a you know a lightning bolt on you, but a, a God that's embracing you as you come back to him and say, you know what, Father, I've sinned. You see it all. I love you. I want to walk with you. I want to know you more. I want to walk in the light of your presence. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing as we think through the book of Lamentation, all that is going on there, but mourning for the sin of a nation, but mourning for our own sin so that we can discover and experience the the hopeful God that that truly has revealed Himself in Scripture. So, let's give this to the Lord tonight and just bow there for a moment. Father, thank you, thank you for Your Word. Thank you that, thank you that hope is not gone. Uh, there are no hopeless situations because You You don't end. You're infinite. And so, Lord, I I pray for us as Your people that we would not that we would not uh, be negligent. Um, to to seek your forgiveness, to to mourn over our own sin, mourn over the sin of our nation, uh, mourn over what we see happening around us, soften our hearts to it. Lord, give us give us tears again in our eyes uh, for what is going on around us. But Lord, I pray that we would not overlook our own. Help us, Lord, to walk in the light of your presence and to walk in good fellowship, right fellowship with you, to be all all um, to, to be all confessed with you to be right with you. Thank you for these folks that have gathered here tonight. I pray that you'd richly bless them as they continue to seek you early. In Jesus' name, we pray these things.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode, and please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends we'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for checking out this episode. and we look forward to having you join us again right here on the Grace Baptist Church podcast.